brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Oh, man, I've never done a Funky Friday. Nah, well, you're I've forgotten, live. man. I've never done one. Yeah, you don't want to step on it too much, though. <laughs> you got to let know? it breathe? Okay, my yeah, bad. Yeah, you got to let bad. it breathe. Today's Friday. Mm. Yeah, can you feel that, Dan? Yeah. Get down on it. Yeah. Get down on it. See? See, it feels good, right? right? No, no. Listen, man, if you can move your booty to it, I'm here for it. Yeah, I don't care what kind of music it is. I'm here for it. I'm not going to lie. I wasn't a funky guy until I got on this show. Oh, really? But, this but, was not you know, your go-to. No, no, no. You don't no, look but, like this is your go-to but, either. But, but, but out of respect to the other Silver Fox on the show, uh, uh, Scott Hastings, uh, you know, right, I, right, right. I, I, I've learned to respect the funk. Okay. Yeah, no, Scotty's middle name is Funk. Yeah. Like, that's, that's what he does. Welcome yeah. to the program on this Friday, Football Friday, Funky Friday. I'm Mark Bertinoli. That's time. Tyler Plumas, and we've got a special guest today. We got Mike Sanford in the building. Coach Mike, I think a lot of people will probably recognize that name from several of the teams he's coached, including up there at CU. And he was, I believe, I, I would like to call him the Vince Young of Boise State in the early 2000s. Is that, <laughs> oh, is yeah. that a good comparison? <laughs> like, listen, man, we're going to talk a whole bunch of Caleb Williams and Shadur Sanders today. So can you tell us about, like, which, what, what kind of arm talent you got, man? What kind of, like, back in the early 2000s, what was Mike's arm talent like? I mean, the, the arm talent was there. It, it, was, it was there. It, it was kind of a lot of the other things that weren't. Okay. Um, I, I'd say it's 68 to 72-yard max throw guy. Right. Okay. Um, but okay, I spent the majority of my career holding field goals and extra points. Okay. And, but I will say that I every game I played, I got more reps than the punter because we were the leading scoring offense in all of college football. Oh, that's right. That's Average right. Average about 48 points a game, so I was nice. doing a lot of PAT was that, work. Who, was that the Dan Hawkins era when you uh, were – who was – who's coaching Boise back I like Mike. Mike's a great dude. But I'm just going to tell you right now, there's no more annoying human being on this earth than a Boise State guy. I oh, mean, really? Boise State guys are just flat out the most annoying human beings on this earth. I mean, an incredibly strong cult. I'm not going to lie. Hey, what am I rocking strong. today, man? I, I, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just saw my guy, Matt Paradis, uh, last weekend. Nice. Uh, go, go, Boise, I guess. Right uh, now, there's there's but, certain but teams. Man, yeah. oh, brother. Uh, I, 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 when Boise State murdered the University of Colorado football team until just this year, I can't forgive him. I just can't forgive him. No. They're, listen, man, Boy, had, Boise State people coach. are happy. But so, so listen, I, I mean, look, Dan Hawkins, I, I won't say a bad thing about the human being. I really will not. Uh, I, I think he really loved his guys. He cared about his guys, what was going on off the field, all those sorts of things. 
he had no clue what he wanted his identity to be. He lived off of bumper sticker mentalities. He would change our entire offensive approach based off some bumper sticker he saw the day before. Uh, I mean, I mean, that's ho- bad coaching, ho- is what you're trying to say? Hoka Hay, baby. Do you know what Hoka Hay is? Oh, you better win the day. Uh, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's so yeah. many. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie, I've seen right. stuff, right? Right, right. Uh, Hoka Hay, but but Dan came in. He rips down everything, all the identity yes. of the University of Colorado. Yes, he did. Rips it all down. Yes, he did. Takes down the, all the top 25 wins. Takes down yes. all the slogans. I get it. In our strength coaches' offense. Uh, Pittman, what's uh, Jeff Pittman, man? Jeff the Pit Viper. You. Yeah, Je- Jeff My Pittman. Guy. Uh, I actually have a good relationship with Jeff now. Uh, it, it, of all the people I thought would not stay in touch with me, somehow he does. Uh, but but Jeff Pittman was our strength coach at the University of Colorado, and the old weight room was one of the coolest things you've ever seen at CU. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's looking right out on the field. It's a little bit elevated. It's in the uh, Dal Ward Center, and and in the coolest weight room. Uh, maybe in college football, maybe not the best weight room, but the cool setting, uh, our coach in his office has a wall-to-wall poster of the Boise State Stadium. <laughs> oh, no. The Boise State yeah. Stadium I remember, I remember, in man. his I remember. office. Yes. What the hell is going on? Yeah, I get it, So man. forgive me for not liking Boise whoa, whoa, State whoa, whoa, guys, whoa, whoa, whoa. Our, our boss, our boss right down the hall, Kevin Shockey, what's his office filled with? Nothing but Philly right. stuff, right? right. And right. I mean, he works in Denver now, but it's nothing but Philly gear down there. Sometimes you just got to rep your state. Got to rep Boise. You know what I mean. Like, <laughs> I mean, you know, and, Tyler, some people call that annoying. I just call it just extreme pride in my alma mater, man. <laughs> you know, a, a bleed blue means something. And, and Jeff right. Pittman, that strength coach, he was a walk-on center at Boise State, oh, earned a scholarship. So he, Congratulations, it goes a little Jeff. bit deeper. But I will say that as a coach myself, I'd never had Boise State stuff hanging in my office at a different, <laughs> Thank at a different you. university. Thank you. Thank you you. you got you to be closet fan. <laughs> right. When you're, when you're yeah. representing a brand – you know, when you're recruiting, yeah. you, you got to put away all your alma mater, yeah. you know, unless it's the one you're coaching like, hey, for. Kids, that would hey, kids, be weird. Come, come check out our weight room. You guys are going to yeah. love it. You're 18 and years old. Come to University of Colorado. Oh, and there's but, a Smurf but, turf. But, but check out that blue turf over there in Boise State. <laughs> Isn't it glorious? Yeah. Wait a second. Wait a second. Both of you have coached football before. Don't you like the idea of a, of a head coach thinking outside the box and doing things that other coaches haven't done before? What? What was outside the box? No, in that? I, I have no idea. Yeah, no me idea. Either. I'm just me trying either. to. I'm just trying to give Dan Hawkins a little bit of love. Right, I have no right, idea. But, but, and, and I'm talking all over Mike here. He's the guest here. But uh, <laughs> my, my 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 last Dan Hawkins story that I'll see. You're an offensive coordinator, right? You 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 call plays. You you understand how this thing goes. What would you say is like the most macho period of practice? The oh, most my favorite period of practice, inside run, nine okay, on seven. Nine on seven right? I call it inside fun. Yeah, inside it's fun. So Let's fun. go. So so I mean of all the periods that is like this is just the like your your blood is boiling, man. Testosterone's coming out of my veins, right? This is the most man on man period of practice. We've been in nine on seven. It's a run. They know it's a run. We know it's a run. Every now and then we'll run a bootleg. They'll complain. Uh, but they know it's a run. We know it's a run. We'd be in the nine, middle of nine on seven, like play four. Dan Hawkins would blow his whistle and he'd go, all right, everybody lay on your backs. It's time, oh. it's time to visualize. <laughs> time, time to visualize. <sighs> huh? Look, man, I'm not knocking visualization. I utilized it. I did. I, 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 there's a time and place for that. It ain't in the middle of nine on seven. <laughs> 
I'll tell you what I did a year ago uh, for Inside Fun Drill, or 997, yeah. if you will. I decided to bring a guest and have a little speech with our team. His name was Matt McChesney. There you uh, go. I gave, him the gr- <laughs> I gave McChesney right in the middle of 9 on 7 the green light to See, now go that, full that Chesney. Made, now that makes sense. Now, he went yeah. to full Ches, yeah. man. It wasn't yeah, yeah, half yeah. Ches. It was full right, Ches, which is yeah. a big deal. Right, man. that's dangerous, though. It's dangerous going full Ches. You never know what you're going to get. If you look it up in Urban Dictionary, man, you're going to see the full <laughs> Ches has some really interesting definitions. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh man, yeah, I can't imagine being being a player there. And Chaz stands up, and then he gets into it, and you're like, "Whoa, what's going on here?" Oh no, I was here for it, man. I, <laughs> I prepped him. I, you know, I was his hype man coming out. It, I was like Lil Wayne leading him out of the tunnel. Oh right, right. You were getting, going straight. You were singing a million. I was slapping him in the back of the neck. You know, <laughs> getting him all juiced up. And you know, to this day, we all know Chaz takes complete 100 percent credit for the one win right, uh, right. in the 2022 <laughs> yes. season. And yeah. I'll give it to him. Uh, right, no right. problem, man. Just I mean, the he, speech. The speech was good enough, and it had so many amazingly uh, placed choice words. Uh, right. I thought it was almost an art form, to be quite honest. Listen, man, somebody should start paying Chez to do that every afternoon. Come uh, to your team and give him a little fire-up speech. Well, I think he does uh, Pumped Up Friday. What was the speech today? I missed it. We were in there talking. Right, right. We were, yeah. we were talking. We were not listening. I, so I, I, I guarantee no you it was uh, USC Sucks. I, I, I think that was the I think that was the pump up. Yep. Yeah. USC soft. Yeah. 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 Soft. 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 They're a bunch of soft. Soft. Sad. Got their glitz and glamour. Too worried about all LA and Hollywood. <laughs> Man, that's that's like almost exactly how Chesney. Like that. You you nailed that impression of Chesney, bro. But that was that's my guy, <laughs> that's, man. That's my guy. You nailed that one. All right, well, we got we got a lot of interesting things to talk about today, and obviously we're going to be fairly uh, fairly football heavy with the coach in here with Tyler. And so we'll, we'll, we will also talk to uh, our good friend, Sean Salisbury, at, at 2 o'clock. We're going to do game show Friday. Dan, when are we doing that? 145, we're going to play Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader. Uh, yeah. Nice. Yeah, that's nice. Not, that's oh. not going to go well for any of us. Yeah, that, Maybe Mike, but I, not. I already know the answer, but but we'll play the game anyways. <laughs> <laughs> the that, that's the no. one benefit of being yeah. a, a career holder for the PAT. I mean, th- this noggin's still intact. Did you oh, ever a lot, a of, lot of trivia? I like guy my chances the, here. Yo, did you yeah. ever get to run a fake? Oh, I ran two fakes. Two fakes in your uh, career? Didn't go, didn't go splendid. Neither one? No. Yeah, Neither you know, one? National TV against Fresno State, the David Carr era, era where they were oh, ranked no. in the top ten at Fresno State oh, Bulldog no. Stadium. Fake field goals, one of those weird ones where you can tour it out and you, you twist out. Of course, my six foot four, two 205-pound frame got twisted up underneath <laughs> himself, and it was an eight-yard loss and, uh, and about five yards of me stumbling into the ground. Uh, um, not looking great. Yeah. Sounds, yeah, looking so, great. sounds like my 40s. <laughs> yeah. I heard you run a 4-2. Right, yeah. man? Oh, yeah, you guys got No, yeah, I saw it. Night. I saw it. I saw it. Marshawn Lynch, right? It was Marshawn and Barry Sanders. Marshawn and people. Barry Sanders. First off, let, what the hell are you doing that far downfield anyway, man? Uh, are you supposed to be that far downfield I'm, I'm on that play? I'm just trying to win games, buddy. You were on the I'm, goal line. That play started like the 50 or yeah, something. Yeah, buddy, I'm just trying to win plays. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm, I'm minding my business. My son is like Marshawn fans, uh, number one. And Marshawn will, will FaceTime with them on his birthdays. Like, That's absolutely so cool. loves him, right? Yeah, no, he's great. Uh, and, and so we were watching the the halftime uh, of that game, but I don't know if there was like a, a different broadcast or something. Was Marshawn on a different broadcast or was it? Oh, the he might, one? you're right. It might have been one of those dual broadcasts okay. where they have the normal one but, and then they have the like but, the talking but, heads. But just... we didn't see it, and all of a sudden my phone just starts blowing, blowing up. up. That Marshawn and Barry Sanders are talking about me. Now, if I'm going to keep it real, they never actually said my name. Uh, right, it was but, just, but they did call out your number, but, right? But, but they did circle me, <laughs> and, and Barry Sanders identified me as a 4240 yeah, guy. Yeah. Matter of fact, matter of fact we got it. We got it. Dan, go ahead and play it. 
That's an offensive tackle right there in front of me. <laughs> All the way downfield. Like, in right, front right, of me. Right, right. Yeah. So that's why, like, I mean. He must be like a 4 2 guy. He gotta be. <laughs> what? No, you ain't no 4. What are you actually? 5 2? Um, What's four, your 40 four, at? Uh, it sounds like I'm a 4 2 guy. <laughs> Yeah, that's what it sounds like. Yep, yep. If you see it on Twitter, it's true. Right. So you're right. a four two forty guy, right. Right. period, point blank. And and back to that visualization session that you had with Thunder Dan Hawkins right. in, in the right. middle of nine yeah. on seven. You know what he told the whole team? Just imagine yourself playing football t- 10 years from now in the NFL. Exactly. And you sprinting down and being the guy that saves the tackle. So you got to give some credit to Thunder Dan Hawkins, man. He, he brought <laughs> I did, about that because of visualization. In I, the I, 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 I did text Marshawn after that. And I, <laughs> I just said, appreciate another 15 seconds of fame, brother. Uh, I'm more like a 4-140 guy, though. Oh, uh, oh. And, 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 and he simply wrote back. My, my son says, Marshawn talks like a teenager. That's true. Yeah, he does. He does. Uh, he, said, he just said, bro, I'll never forget forget you my dog you made that see Marshawn's <laughs> great Marshawn's great Marshawn's my favorite basketball I mean football player on vibes alone you know what I mean oh yeah just vibes with Marshawn that yeah. dude is just unique man absolutely unique what were you doing down there at the end of the like you were trying to pancake somebody some random dude on the goal line uh, you know who that was who that was? that was Darren Sharper the dude that ended oh, up in jail really yeah 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 that was Darren Sharper I mean I'll tell you man on that play it's one of those things as an offensive lineman, you always just get coached. Like, just keep going. Don't, don't, don't stop. Don't look back. Uh, just keep going. Find work, right? Uh, and and I did block my dude. I'm not gonna lie. The first block was pretty gangster. It was. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I might have been a double team. I don't care. Uh, but we moved that dude about eight yards off the spot. Then I climbed up and I'm looking for work. Line. There's no linebacker to be found. So I just keep running. And I hear the crowd yelling. Uh, and, but but I don't really know what the hell's going on so behind you me. Just keep trucking. And, and, down the and, field? And, and, and I just keep running down the field looking for work. And finally, I'm about 30 yards down the field. And I'm like, good Lord, we better score in this play because <laughs> I tell you what, if we don't score, I don't got another one in me. Uh, I get about 45 yards down the field. And Marshawn, he breaks 25 tackles on that play, okay? Uh, to this day, I give him hell about this. He breaks 25 tackles on that play. I'm the last one. Mm-hmm. We're down on like the one-yard line, yeah. the two-yard line. I blocking from the inside out on Sharper. I push him towards my left, right? There is nothing but 15 yards of space on my right side. And Marshawn decides he's going to go out the left, yeah, he and, he's left. Just, and he's just going to go through this, dude. I'm like, come on, man. At least utilize. What's the point of me even going down there? <laughs> oh, that's great stuff. I love it, man. I love it. All right. We got to take our first time out of the uh, program. That's Tyler Columbus. That's Mike Sanford. When we come back, what's harder to game plan and scheme for a great offensive team or a great defensive team? And how exactly do you get to Caleb Williams this weekend for the CU Buffs? That's right around the corner, right here on Altitude Sports Radio. It's probably three times what you guys have heard. It's probably three or four times that. And uh, some guys you may not deem to be famous, but your kids do. Sure, you know? sure we understand. Yeah. yeah. And and also we have some uh, former Buffs that's here that's that's that I love when the right. former players come back. Oh, yeah. Like I just yeah. left uh, Cordell and Westbrook over. They they over there eating right now, and I can't wait to get back to chop it up with them. But it's some, it's it's gonna be good. But I like that for you all. I mean, oh, yeah. I, I really do. I like that that some of these guys are, you know, parking the big jets on the, the nearest <laughs> airport, and you're gonna see. Uh, shoot, I think half the NBA is gonna be here. <laughs> yeah. That was Coach Prime talking about. Just the massive jump in popularity up there in Boulder, their local football team, because you're going to have LeBron James, Matthew McConaughey, Jay-Z. I, I, 
the the list of celebrities that are going to be here for I mean it's not just CU obviously you got Caleb and USC but I mean once again the the biggest the biggest show is this weekend this Saturday tomorrow up in Boulder between the 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 Buffs and the Trojans and we're going to dive into it welcome back Mark Bertinoli Tyler Palumbus Mike Sanford all coming to you live from the Bud Light Next Studios if you want to be part of the program today. The Shop Mazda text line is 303-504-0925. The Ramos Law Hotline. Car accident, you need Ramos Law. Medical doctor and attorney, RamosLaw.com. Dan Tanner, Josh Grismer, all of us here. And we start with this question, with, with, with the Buffs and the Trojans going at it tomorrow. Now, obviously, the Trojans are, are huge, huge favorites. And when, when you look at, I looked up Caleb Williams' scouting report this morning, and it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous the things that that man has done in college and and what people are going to assume he's going to do once the NFL comes around and makes him the number one overall pick. So let me ask you, when you're dealing with an offense like USC and a player like Caleb Williams where it almost feels like Lincoln Riley relies almost too much because when you've got a player like that, you got to use them, right? you got to use them. So when, you, when, you're, when you're facing off with a team, I think they're averaging 55 points a game. And their scoring margin is, in, I mean, they're just clubbing teams. Dolphin said, hold my beer. Right, right. They're like, Get, check this out. Yeah. Hold my mojito. 50, yeah, yeah, 50, yeah. 50 point. You, you, never, you never suffered a 50 point loss in your career, did you? Uh, I think we did last year. Oh. <laughs> uh, Utah, Utah gave it a 66-17. Oh, oh, was that so that I final think, score? I oh. think it was 49. Okay. So you're was, good. Uh, you're good, man. Yeah, you're all right. Was, uh, you're all right. There was a whole bunch of fun at the, at the office that day. So how do you go about scheming and game planning for an offense that is doing what USC's offense is doing right now? Well, you got to make a decision. You know, who are you? What's your identity? And obviously CU's identity right now is, is to play through Shador. Um, and Shador Sanders to be that guy that generates the offense, mm-hmm. whether it be on schedule plays like we saw in the TCU game, TCU playing a lot more of a top down coverage where there are a lot of available completions where it was an on schedule pass where, you know, he takes his three step drop or his, takes his one step drop from the gun and it's wide open. And, you know, that was the TCU game. You know, they gave mm-hmm. up a lot of free completions underneath. But then you get to later in the season as it's, as it's progressed. You know, Nebraska, I think they – I was at that game, and I thought Nebraska posed a legitimate threat in terms of their defense, taking away some of what, you know, TCU gave Shador in that offense. And then a week later, you get to a situation where CSU did a fantastic job game plan-wise. And then Oregon really, I think, put the exclamation point on it. But the, the key to this game for CU is that they've got to play to their strengths, and that's their quarterback. Mm-hmm. And if they can get this game – into a position by outscoring or staying within one or two possessions in score of USC with an extremely dynamic offense, then I think that I think I, I believe CU is going to win a game. I think Shadour is that guy. I think he has mm. winning mentality. Uh, he's got that dog. He's got the killer instinct in his in his DNA and comes from pops. Yeah. Right, that's a good deal. Yeah. You got your dad is one of the greatest of all time. I think it's going to be really important to keep this game within one or two possessions as you get deep into that fourth quarter. If that's the case, CU's going to win the football game, in my opinion. You know, it's uh, it's always got to be an incredibly tough balance as a play caller when you're going up against – because, look, it, it, when you're calling plays, yeah, you're worried about your offense, but it, it, big picture, you got a coach timing in your ear. Hey, we got to keep them off the field. we got to do this. we got to do that. Uh, you know darn well that USC offense is going to move at will. They, I mean, they're just flat out going to – I think they're averaging close to eight yards a pop, a run or pass right now. 
Uh, it's just insane what they're doing. So I, I, I am a little bit curious, though, when you go up against a team like that, do you try to balance time of possession? Do you do you care? Do you just say, look, we got to go yeah. score for score? How, how do you go about uh, balancing all that stuff? Well, obviously, listening to Coach Prime's presser earlier this week, I mean, he he answered the question. Yeah. And uh, I think he actually asked, you know, he was asked about the run game. Right. And, and I think he said, if your wife's not very good at cooking, why would you why would you ask for dinner every night? <laughs> you know, and he was talking about their run game. And, that, you know, I think that he has a belief in in his son because he's seen it time yeah. and time again. Um, I, I think that they're, it's going to be an old-school shootout. That's what I think the game that CU wants to play. Obviously, I think SC's down for it. The difference is right now is that SC, their top three running backs all average more than eight yards per carry. Mm. Um, and I think that that Marshawn Lloyd is arguably one of the most talented, dynamic running backs in all of college football, number zero. Um, that dude, he can run between the tackles, and when he sees green grass – I mean, it is on. He, he's got that kind of speed to be able to take it to the house at any given time. So I do think that uh, a year ago, the team that I that I inherited and, and played is it. You know, we played at SC, and our strategy, we were our offensive line was actually one of our strengths, mm. and our run game was one of our strengths, and we kept that game in the Coliseum fairly close for a good chunk of time. You know, Alex Fontenot, our running back, was ended up with 20 carries for 108 yards against a defense that we probably, man for man, didn't have any business, you know, stacking up against. But it kept the game close. Time of possession kept the game close. I just think that this is a completely different beast because this is going to be an old-school duel between two of the elite quarterbacks in college football, and I think that, that the narrative is going to play to that very duel. Deion Sanders is an all-time quote guy. All-time quote guy. And that was a fantastic quote. Everybody laughed. Ha-ha. If, if, if your wife can't make dinner, well, go order dinner somewhere else, right? Uh, it, it's a great quote, and, and it does make logical sense. Let's, let's coach to our strengths. But why are offensive coordinators so dumb? Why are they all so dumb? I mean, every, every last one of them. It, it, it's unbelievable. Every single week, you preach the same message. Boys, we got to run the ball. We, we're we're going to do this. We got to be run heavy. We got to control the clock. Uh, but but then you get in the game, you have two plays, you run the ball two times for three yards. You're like, oh, not doing yeah, that the rest of the game. You know? I mean, what did Mike Shanahan would always tell us? He would say, boys, uh, I, I, so it's kind of like the, the unwritten rule in the NFL. You want to be averaging at least four yards a pop when you run the ball. Uh, if you get if you get to five, you're you're doing things really well. Uh, anything less than four, and it's 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 tough sledding. But Mike used to tell us, look, in the first and second quarter, I need you guys to at least get me three yards a pop. Uh, you get me three yards a pop, and I'm going to keep calling it because it's not about what happens in the first quarter. It's not what happens in the second quarter. I promise you, based off the way that we run the ball. We stretch the guys from hash mark to hash mark, from numbers to numbers. These guys are going to wear out. And in the fourth quarter, that three yards is going to turn into 18. That three yards is going to turn into 30, right? And and he's arguably the only coordinator. Well, Kyle, obviously, as well. But th- that those guys were about the only coordinators I've ever been around that did not abandon the run entirely based off what happens in the first quarter. And nowadays, it just feels like two bad runs and it's over. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.
I think there's a lot of merit to that. Obviously, you know, the, the fan bases, the Twitters, they want the explosive offense. They yes, want 700 do. yards of yes, offense a yes, game and stuff along those lines. But I, I, I came from the school very similar to what you're talking about. I, I, you know, I cut my teeth at Stanford working for Jim Harbaugh, yep. David Shaw. And we used to talk about exactly what you're talking about is that early on in a game, that first, second quarter, it's all about throwing those body punches, you know, right. the body blow, body right. blow. You know, those two, three, four-yard runs that ultimately over the course of a 60-minute game, you start getting those knockout shots. You start getting those big left yep. left overhands that, that land, and all of a sudden you're getting explosive runs. And so that was something that affected me and impacted me as a play caller. It helps the quarterback as well. That's the bottom line is the quarterback can get into better better rhythm. The, the, the naked and bootleg game is way better if, you're, if your run game is an actual threat. And then your ability to actually play action and throw the ball over the top of the field, I mean, that, that to me is what is all set up by the run game. And I think that that's something that I totally agree with you, Tyler. I think that you have to be committed to the run game. And it's a full commitment. It's an off-season commitment. Yeah. It's not solely like, you know, hey, we're going to run the ball this week because we haven't run it last week or the week before. you got to commit to it as a program, how you train in the off-season. Everything about running the football is in your DNA as a program or as a franchise. Well, and then, then there's more that goes into it. Listen, I get it. If I'm calling plays, I'm going to call things that I'm successful at. I, I as, as much as it drives me nuts that coaches would abandon the run, I certainly understand the temptation to go to things that have been working. I do get that. Uh, but but this week, man, in particular, look, the Buffs can't run the ball to save their life. However, USC's given up grounds on the yard, le- or gra- grounds, yards on the ground. Yeah, you yeah. I, do, I do this for a living. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, they're giving up yards on the ground left and right. And, 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 and so it would appear this is a week that you should be able to do it. Uh, but then you got to combine it with all the other factors that are going on here. Look, this right? Can you line, run the ball if USC comes out and puts two touchdowns on you real quick well, with that offense? I, I, I mean, those things. But this offensive line for the Buffs, it's been a rough couple weeks now. It's well, been a is rough it demoralizing? Let and, me ask. And, and these guys are USC. Yeah. You thought Oregon had some dudes? No, 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 wait, no, no. Wait until you see Solomon Burke. USC wait. is beefy, man. They're beefy on the line in, in both offensive and defensive line. Is it demoralizing if when when you see? Your line just getting man when 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 the ball snaps and the entire line is moving in the wrong direction. How demoralizing is that? And how do you scheme or call plays to help out Shador if if that line is collapsing way too early? Well, first of all, I know Sean Lewis. I've coached against Sean Lewis. He was at Kent State and we played while I was at Utah State with Jordan Love. We played in a bowl game and he wants to run the football. He loves running the football. Mm-hmm. Like that's in his DNA. I don't know if you know this about Sean Lewis, he's a former offensive lineman himself. You know, Listen. so he has that in his DNA, but he also has a once in a generation quarterback. You yeah. know, and, and so I think that what you see, and I'd love to ask, you know, you, Tyler, about this is, you know, as an offensive lineman, if you're pass setting on 75 to 90%, I mean, what does that do to you mentally? Yeah, no. Oh, you dude, know, it, no. It, it, it's a grind. Uh, but they got to get back to that TCU game where they're getting rid of that ball quickly. Uh, I mean, that ball, You, you, if you go back and watch that TCU film, I'd say nine out of ten passes. That ball is out of Shador's hands within two seconds, probably less than two seconds. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's it, it's catch release. Uh, and, and then, look, when you fall behind, all of a sudden you're no longer calling the quick screens. You're no longer calling the quick plays. Uh, you're trying to pick up some chunk yardage, and and everything just gets behind schedule. But to to the only way as an offensive lineman for me to survive a game like that is for a coordinator to recognize how hard my job is. Yep. Uh, and, and you have to do things to help me at my job. The most fun game I ever played in my life uh, was 2012. 
the first game of the season in New Orleans. Not uh, the Super Bowl. Not when you won the Super Bowl. It was nah, not the funnest would, game of well, your life. All right, let me back up. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> talking about the art uh, of football. The, the art of football. Right. How I would have, if I could dream a, a game plan, this is what it was, okay? Uh, in 2012, we had Robert Griffin as our, as our QB. In preseason football, we didn't run a single zone read, not a single one. Really? We didn't we didn't show anybody what the game plan was going to be. Then we come out in, in week one, and all of a sudden, they cannot stop it. I mean, we're picking up 12, 15 yards every single play. When that play was all when that's when that game was said and done, we had four drop back passes the entire game. Wow. Now, now I'm not including play action in that. Obviously, obviously we had play action passes, but we had four drop back passes. That's an offensive lineman's wet dream. <laughs> it reminds me of my favorite game I ever coached in was also in 2012, Stanford versus uh, Washington. Washington came in, ranked in the top 10. We had 446 yards rushing. I was the running back coach, oh. and I had three different running backs go for over 100. Really? And, uh, and Steve Sarkeesian was the head coach at Washington. Dude, that's yeah, wild. yeah, yeah, yeah. Running backs. And, yeah, that's and, so and many was, yards on I'm the ground. a quarterback, right? But for me, that was like, that was truly. Point A to point B against their yeah. will. I mean, that was old school, just beat down. Right. You I'm just hand the ball off the and sideline. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I didn't, Lane Kiffin hadn't even made it pay, famous yet of jumping up and down <laughs> and fist pumping when something was called. And I just felt that that was one of those games that you just you just took another team's will and you watched it. Yeah. You watched the air come out of them. Yeah. But then you got to live in reality. And look, the reality is the bus can't run the football right now. So you, you got to call things that you're going to be successful at. My, my only ask would be, Get back to how quickly you've been getting rid of that ball out of Shadur's hands. That's my biggest ask. If you can't run the ball, uh, run the ball through the through the quick game. Just a bunch of quick hit, just quick passes, pat pat pat. That's what you want. That's what you're looking yeah, for. Yeah, I mean, look, you got to take your shots down the field. Uh, but one thing people don't understand: those go routes. That doesn't take that long to develop. You're right. <laughs> that, 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 that's, that's, not, a, that's a quick That's, that's, a, not, a, quick that's not a seven-step drop back. Nope. No, no, no. That ball gets out of their hands. So you can pick up major yards without seven-step droppers. And that that's your suggestion. You just want you just want CU to launch. You just want them to you just want Shadur's launching thirty yard balls every time they they well, they, good they snap it. Right? I mean, that's yeah. what you're looking for is a combination of you know. I mean, when Sean Lewis is putting this game plan together, it's all about the where are the easy completions on this defense that they're seeing on yeah. film, and then are they going to make any changes to what they do? Yeah, you know, and that's what I think the changes that happened from TCU's defense schematically. There were a lot of soft coverage looks. If you mm-hmm. just looked at it watching from the TV angle, you're like, my gosh, you could throw right here and they did it was awesome this is a thing of beauty but getting the ball out of his hands is also predicated on what the defense does and if they're going to press then to your point you got to you got to be able to throw those balls down the field on those go routes which are quick timing really all right well if if the final question for the both of you in this segment if you could look forward into the future if i told you on if i tell you sunday morning you guys wake up and the buffs have won they have beaten the trojans what's the most likely path to that to that outcome i i is it I'm like, I love the optimism and I'm not going to sit here and predict a win from the buffs this weekend. <laughs> uh, I, I would love to see it. Let's go. Uh, I think in reality, the only chance that you beat USC, you get about four turnovers. Turno- yeah. Turnovers. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Yeah. 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 A bunch of turnovers or they just like, listen, man, they, they didn't look 
They started the game against Arizona State. They looked a little discombobulated, did they USC. Did. You know what they I mean? Did. But guess so what? So maybe you get a little Oregon bit of that. Lo- Oregon looked pretty rough against Texas Tech also. Yeah, You're right. They, You're right about that. And I would say that the path is exactly what I said. I mean, you know, if if USC kind of is whistling in the gra- graveyard like they did in Tempe, Arizona a week ago, and this thing goes down and they can take – see, you can take SC into deep waters mm-hmm. in the fourth quarter. I fully believe that Shadur has already proven that he is that guy that you want the ball in his hands in the fourth quarter and I think he has even more championship DNA in him in terms of winning games in the end than even Caleb Williams I do have that belief I like where your head's at on that one I like that spitting fire today from Mike Sanford I appreciate that all right that's Mike Sanford that's Tyler Columbus I'm Mark Bertinelli we're going to take a quick time out when we come back though we got to ask the question how far can you script a game how far out can you play in those plays because Sean Payton and the Broncos look amazing to the first 15 plays or so and then they fall off. That's next, right here on Altitude Sports Radio. Well, for us, um, it would mean a lot, you know. Um, then I could answer the fun questions. <laughs> um, we need to win, you know, and Chicago does too. They do too. So, um, and, and that's why I think, you know, we got to win these days, Wednesday, Thursday. We got to, you know, I thought today was a really, really good practice. Um, we have to follow that up tomorrow. But a, a win would mean a lot for us right now. Sean Payton talking about this upcoming matchup with the winless Chicago Bears in Chicago on Sunday. The morning show had an interesting question I want to ask both of you. What would be more embarrassing? What would be the more embarrassing loss? Giving up 70 to the Dolphins or getting beat by the Chicago Bears this weekend? Because, <laughs> I mean, the Bears are bad, bad, yeah. epically bad. I mean, listen, uh, I, I look, you, here's here's the advice for the weekend, all right? You got the 2023 Toilet Bowl coming up, all right? The Denver Broncos versus the Chicago Bears. The keys to victory of beating the Chicago Bears suck less than them, right? <laughs> I mean, how's, how's that for analysis? Right? No, that's great. I'm, I'm yeah. here for it. Yeah, I mean that, that that those are the keys to victory this weekend. Uh I still think a 70 burger hurts more. Really? Yeah, yep. just cuz yep. I mean, right, not hasn't happened since the 60s. Like it's embarrassing. 70 is embarrassing. It's hard yeah. to even say the word. You know, 70. If if the Broncos lose to the Bears this weekend, people will make fun of them. Yes. Ha ha, you lost I, to the Bears. It's more embarrassing. But I promise you in 10 years, You'll no, remember no, the- no, nobody's remembering that game. Everybody's remembering that that Dolphins game. Yeah, the only thing that'd be more embarrassing than the seventy spot was be dropping a fifty burger and the Bears scoring a fifty points. Oh, like, yes. because this right. is I an inept oh. offense, man. This I didn't is, even think about that. But but what I, I I'm. I'm worried about this game, like really worried really? about this game for the for, from the Broncos' perspective, yeah. because I think that Chicago, you know, they have their young quarterback, right. good, bad, or indifferent. They just invested in their young quarterback. The Broncos don't, right? right? So there's still that option on the table for this Broncos franchise. Is mm-hmm. if it gets bad and continues getting worse, yeah, then so, you know they, they got the Caleb Williams. Uh, they got yeah. it coming right around the corner, possibly, but. So I think that Chicago is going to pull out all the stops. And what that really means in this game plan is I think they activate the Justin Fields as a primary runner in the run game because they need to win a football game. Brand new coaching staff. They've got to resuscitate the career of this young quarterback, give him some confidence, 
And we've all heard the narrative about him saying that I'm just not playing. Justin Fields is saying that I'm trying to be somebody I'm not. Right. And I think that who he really is, is he likes being physical. He likes running through another man's face, just like your boy Marshawn Lynch does. And that's what he's good at. So I think they play to his strengths. And if that's the case, I mean, playing college style of offense against this Broncos defense, look out. See, yeah. this is why I say offensive coordinators dumb. Did, 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 did you hear the same thing I heard? Yeah, did, did, yeah I did, heard it, man. Did he just say that they've got their young quarterback? Like, like the offensive coordinators, they're so dumb. So you drafted <laughs> a dude, you drafted a dude uh, in the first round. So you got your dude. That's a dude. That's a dude. That's yeah. a dude. Justin it. Fields. It. All right. No, I will. I will say though, to to Mike's point. That dude is running the hell out of the football at the end of the season last year. Yeah. Running the hell right. out well, of Chicago it. Right. Well, Chicago actually had a little bit of hope after seeing some of that late. That, like, yeah. Chicago fan was like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to buy into Justin Fields. I'm going to buy in. And then he popped. He basically threw the coach under the bus last week. But it almost feels like that might be a positive. Because it felt like they maybe had a come to Jesus meeting where Justin was like, Come on, man! And the and the and the OC and the coach were like, you know, Eberflus was like, yeah, we'll help you. We're gonna we're gonna help you be successful. We need you to be successful. That means he runs the ball more. I don't. I'm just you know. I'm, now I'm I'm scared about the Chicago game. I don't, I don't, uh, yeah, I'm mortified to man. be honest. And I know Justin Fields maybe isn't that guy, but there's a reason that Chicago, with all of their you know weather issues that they have, playing outdoor stadiums in bad weather, mm-hmm. where they drafted a guy in Justin Fields whose primary strength is as a runner. I mean, so yeah, that that is something that does show up if their their franchise is in a healthier spot. Those those types of attributes in a quarterback do show up in those late November type of games yeah. into December that you're going to need your quarterback to be able to function in bad weather. All right, you know what? We actually have Vance Joseph talking about Justin Fields. Dan, hit us with it. He's a special athlete. He can make every throw. You know, and watching the tape, you know, when the games are you know games are close, man. As a passer, he can make every throw outside, vertical, you know, inside the numbers. As a runner, he's he's dynamic. I mean, he can break tackles. He's not sliding. He can, he can make you miss. You know, so he's a challenge, you know, to rush four and hope you contain him and rush five and he can make every throw. So it's a cat and mouse game. But um, he's he's obviously a gifted player. It's going to be a challenge to get him stopped. There you go. There's VJ on Justin. What do you think about that comment? He definitely does present challenges as a defensive coordinator. There, there, there's no question about it. Is it the type of challenge that you've got going going up against Patrick Mahomes? No, mm-hmm. it's definitely not. Uh, but, but what the Broncos have got, and look, Vance Joseph, yeah, he deserves all the all the criticism that he's getting right now. You just gave up seventy points. That comes with the territory. Uh, I, I I like Vance. He's my guy. He's yeah, a buff. He's nobody's talking about mafia. the players on that defense. You know, no, well, I haven't and, heard and, anybody and, call out a defensive player this well, week. And 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 that's what I'm going to, dude. I don't know how many fans actually watched like the defensive film, like like watched it. You know, like like you just saw somebody, some dude go for forty yards. You're like, well, that sucks. Well, how did that happen, right? Well, you got 11 guys out there that nobody's tackling. Nobody's giving out their full effort. Nobody, I promise you, Vance Joseph, again, everybody's giving, oh, don't apologize for Vance. I'm not. I'm not. But I promise you that Vance Joseph told those guys what their gap is supposed to be. I promise you that those guys knew going into the game what they were supposed to do. And at some point, it's up to a player to do my job. And, and, and I go back to you got two guys on this defensive line that is making Vance Joseph's job much more difficult than it should be. 
Randy Gregory's making $70 million, and he's got a sack on the season. Not only does he have a sack on the season, I'm not sure if he has any outside tackles on the year. Somebody would have to show me the stat line because off my memory bank, I can't even think of a single tackle outside of that one sack. You got a guy in Zach Allen, and this one I do put on Vance. I actually do. You, you got a guy in Zach Allen that you identified as being better than Draymond Jones. Why did they identify Zach Allen as better than Draymond Jones? Because Zach was Vance's dude. Right, and I understand that. Him. Look, my whole career, I was a product of being somebody's dude. I, I, I played eight years in the NFL because Mike Shanahan believed in me. And if it wasn't Mike, it was one of his protégés. Pre- what? What yeah, you, no, what, that was good. You got it, man. You oh, nailed you it. Yeah, 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 yeah. See, I just yeah. got to trust yeah. myself. Yeah, that's that, that CU education coming through. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I just got to trust myself. It was one of those guys, right? So I'm a product of that. But you got to keep it real. When you bring in a guy like Zach Allen to replace a dude in Draymond Jones who is killing people out in Seattle right yeah. now, flat out running through offensive guards' chests out in Seattle – well, I actually do say that's on Vance as much as it is on Zach Allen. But, hey, man, Zach Allen, how much you getting paid, dude? How much you getting paid? When are you going to step up and do something? Randy Gregory, when are you going to step up and do something? This week? No, no. I mean, what kind of impact do you think they're going to have against the Bears? Actually, what kind of impact defensively? Will the, because right now, we you, what you're going to have this weekend with the, with the Broncos and the Bears, you're going to have statistically the worst defense in the NFL with the Broncos against statistically the worst offense in the NFL and the Chicago Bears. Something's got to give, right? I mean, something's one of those units have to look much better than they did the last week, right? Just, just I don't know. What if, what if it's just zero to zero when the game Dog, ends? if this game is like nine to three, I'm going to lose it. You know what I mean? <laughs> like if this, if this game has like six field goals or whatever, man, I'm not here for that at all. No, I'm not going to be happy unless the Broncos put 30 plus on Chicago. My, my biggest concern for this Broncos defense, schematically, when you do watch the coaches' film of, of last game, what did they take away? For, what, did they take anything schematically away? As an mm. offensive coordinator, all you're looking for is space and getting your athletes in those positions of space. And if you have that space because the defense affords you that opportunity to play in space, you're going to have missed tackles. Mm-hmm. And this is the same group of players. You add, you know, Randy Gregory, you're down Bradley Chubb, right? If I'm not mistaken, uh, this is the same group of players a year ago that through eight games was one of the top defenses in the NFL. And so the players themselves, do you not do this? Go back in the locker room and say, is it us or is it, is it the scheme? Right. Because we had success in this scheme a year ago. And so I think that's the bigger issue going into this bear, this bears game is what's the belief level in that locker room on that defensive side of the ball in what we're doing schematically. That's concern. And yeah, you- and, and and on top of that, look, I've been in years where you lose faith in your coaches. I do. Uh, and, and and sometimes you hate your coach, but you respect him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and that's by far more important than actually liking the dude. Right. I can see that with Sean Payton a lot. Like a lot of people don't like Sean, but, but they respect, respect what he does yeah, and no, how he no, does no, it. No yeah. question. No question. Uh, I don't know that there's going to be much respect left for Vance Joseph in that room. Uh, and 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 once that goes, my biggest concern is it doesn't matter if you got the greatest defensive plan in the world. If your players aren't out there trusting that you put me in the right place, all of a sudden things just get worse because you got to believe in the play call. You got to you look. I, I there were times I'd, I'd be mad at Kyle Shanahan because he'd be he'd be asking me to up kick in a situation that I know like, hey, I'm this is not going to end well for me. 
but I knew damn well the reason why he was calling the play. So I'd go out there and I'd execute it to the best of my ability. Sometimes I'd fail. Sometimes I did not. Uh, but, but I trusted the reason behind it. I don't know that Vance Joseph can gain trust of this defense again. Really? Man. Just Well, no, it was historic. But it, it shouldn't be just in the locker room the players talking about losing faith in the coach. Is there any finger-pointing as well? Like, man, I did my job. You over there on the other side of the line, man, you need to step up. Like, don't, you know what I mean? You guys gave up four touchdowns or what, you know what I mean? Like, is, is there any finger-pointing within the locker room as well between the players? You know, Mike, I'd be curious your thoughts on that, being on the other side of things. Um, my experience with the finger pointing is actually after a game like that, who cares? Yeah. It's, it, it's apathy, right? Mm-hmm. You, you look at it and you're like, okay, well, I did my job. Uh, that's all I care about. Let's go out to eat. Let's, let, let, let's see the family, right? It's, it's more apathy. The finger pointing for me and my experience usually comes from competitive games. Uh, when, when you feel like you were just a play away, okay. when you feel like yeah. it was just one other moment, yeah, yeah. you know. Uh, so, but but that's a it, you're you're in a much worse spot when you no longer care enough to even point a figure. Mm-hmm. And as a coach, I mean, the thing you're most concerned with at all times is apathy. You know, because apathy, when that sets in, that's a cancer that's hard to get out of your culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm not saying I don't think that this was an apathetic performance per I se. I do. I, I think it was the definition of it. Yeah. I, I mean, those guys weren't even trying to tackle. Yeah, I just think there was so much space. I, I mean, I watched it from the perspective of this is the fastest collection of skill players in the National Football League. Mm-hmm. Devon A-Chain, 4-2-6-40, Tyreek Hill. I mean, I believe in-game he's running sub 4 40 yeah, yeah, That yeah. dude is playing he on a different 23 miles level. per hour on that one run against the, I was like, he's going 23 miles an hour, man. That's stupid. You shouldn't even, like, you get a speeding ticket for that. <laughs> right, hey, Mike, 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 let me ask you this, because every single coach, you coach this game long enough, you're going to have games where you jump ship on your game plan quick, quickly. Maybe not, maybe not super quickly, but at some point in the game, you just say, look, my bad. It didn't work out this week. We got to try something else, right? Yep. But Vance Joseph, and I actually give him credit, he began that game trying to do something that was unique for the Miami Dolphins. He comes out with the three defensive linemen, and 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 he's running a different scheme than he, than he normally runs. Not just the traditional three four. It, it was different. He was trying to get more defensive backs on the field, right? And I swear, it was after like two possessions, he jumped ship on what was supposed to be the unique game plan for that specific opponent. I don't know that I've ever seen a coach change the entire game plan that quickly well that's that goes into what is their identity you know who what is their identity this year even as a franchise like what's the broncos identity really the only one i can think about right now is that you can't wear gilgan hats yeah right that's about the one i see right now or the national identity is what everybody talks about can this marriage between sean payton and russell wilson work Mm -hmm. those are the two identities right now of this franchise in this 2023 season and then when you start you know, coming up with random game plans that don't fit what you've been practicing since training camp, it's a recipe for disaster. And then it makes that locker room question what's made being the decisions being made even more. And that's and I think that's the bigger concern right now. And what I do think is going to happen is that Vance is going to do a good job. He's a good coach. He's been around for a long time. Uh, it's not like it's his first time being a coordinator, a head coach. We all know that. I think they're going to get back to the basics. They're going to get back to playing sound defensive football. You know, what do you do well? Um, I don't know the answer to that right now Mm -hmm. because it's not a one game issue. 
This is this may this is a defense that made the Raiders look like an extremely explosive offense in game one, you know, down the stretch. And then this is a defense that, that, that made the commanders look and and Sam Howell look like he was that guy. Yeah. I mean, this is a three-game indictment on this defensive philosophy and, and a lack of identity. So I think uh, playing against the Bears is an opportunity to reestablish some form of identity as a defensive football team, but it's got to happen. Right. All right, let's dive into it. That's Mike Sanford. That's Tyler Columbus. Matter of fact, we got two great offensive football minds. So when we come back, we got to ask the question, how great is Caleb Williams and how close is Shooter Sanders to getting to that kind of elite level? That's next right here on Altitude Sports Radio.